0: Welcome to Comedia del Cinema, the podcast that talks about some of cinema's most iconic comedy feature films, including one of several musical comedy features, Eurovision. The I always forget the uh, subtitle. It's
1: uh, Eurovision Fire Saga. Fire the story of Fire Saga. Yeah, that's correct
0: what a long title for such a great movie i am <laughs> i'm one of your hosts jordan wolf
1: i'm your other host emily Walborn and hey who do we got on the podcast today
0: we've got returning guest i dakota what was the first episode you were uh,
2: talladega knight so oh, back maybe. to the oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah
1: yeah i was just yeah i was thinking about that when we were watching it yesterday thinking wow you're gonna have to be on every Will Ferrell movie. Will Ferrell movie.
0: <laughs> what are there any Will Ferrell movies you would you would dread talking about on a podcast?
2: Um, I mean, I definitely like some more than other. These two are probably my favorite. Other than like Elf, if you ever did Christmas mm-hmm. movies, I love Elf. Um, I've never seen like I've never seen Step Brothers, which seems like a big oversight oh, on my okay. part, but I've never seen that one. I think so you, if you like ask it. me on and you were like, we got to do it right now, then I would (laughs) dread that. But that would probably be the only (laughs) instance.
0: Have you seen um, Stranger Than Fiction or uh, Uh Kicking and Screaming? Oh,
2: have I seen Kicking and Screaming? (laughs) That is a a movie. I I would guess that I have seen that movie more than any living person in the world. Possibly even more than the person who cut the movie and edited it. I watched that movie over and over as a child.
1: There's something about like our generation in that movie. I feel like we all have watched it so much collectively.
0: And it's not just our generation because I was in a coffee shop yesterday and there were two old men. One of them was pitching, I think, a biography about himself to a publisher. Um, And he mentioned because he was drinking coffee and it was giving him so much energy. He was like, "Oh, this is like that part
2: in <laughs> this Will
0: Ferrell movie, kicking and screaming, where he gets coffee for the first time, but he's never had caffeine." And then he, I, he was like, "It's a really funny movie."
2: Like, I, you right? know, I feel like people really dislike that movie. I think it's pretty fun. I think the Mike Ditka stuff is very funny. Will mm-hmm. Ferrell's doing his Will Ferrell stuff. Good <laughs> costume design. I'm a fan. Have you guys seen uh, "Next Goal Wins"? Not yet. No. Not very good, in my opinion, and I'm a Taika guy, but the last act of that movie is really just like almost shot for shot, a remake of it's like just exactly (laughs) what happens in the last act of Kicking and Screaming, where the coach like has like a meltdown and then they have to convince him to come back and he comes back and he's like, do the opposite of what I told you. And then they do it. and It all comes together. And I was like, this is I've seen this before. My dick is there.
1: That's so funny. I wonder if they thought no one would notice <laughs> or maybe they, they just did. Maybe it's so deep into their subconscious too. Yeah. Everybody... It's deep
2: into Tychus. <laughs> we learned
1: that actually everybody in the world has seen kicking and screaming so many times. <laughs> it's all in our, in our subconscious. I
2: was re-watching Jojo Rabbit and starting to notice. I was like, you know, now that I've, I've, I'm seeing the influence from kicking and screaming <laughs> here. And scream. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh my. Today's film, Eurovision, directed by David Dobkin, director of Wedding Crashers, Dakota. Seen it?
2: Never seen that one. I feel like that era of comedy when I was like, you know, because I was probably like six, seven, eight, nine. in that era, lots of blind spots for me. So I've never seen Wedding Crashers.
1: I haven't either. I feel like okay. there I'm were certain movies that my family was like, mm, no. Yeah,
2: yeah my I parents see. were pretty like... I wasn't allowed to watch like Spongebob. I wasn't allowed to watch anything mm. on Cartoon Network. So those movies were definite no's, and I just had never gotten around to it. SpongeBob,
0: Cartoon Network were
2: out, was Disney in? I could watch Disney. Like I could watch like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, mm. stuff like that. I was I was allowed to watch those things. Nice.
1: Good, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Those are important.
2: <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> it's made me the man I am today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um this movie came out in the thick of summer 2020 Mm -hmm. so i think i don't know i feel like it's odd to me that that it got you know spoiler such because i remembered the reviews being more positive than they were they're like barely positive they really
1: are not they're not very (laughs) many positive reviews about this movie
0: but i wonder if it's uh some people were more um to be at this point in quarantine, just like annoyed about this kind of comedy, whereas yeah. I, uh, I'd i been missing this kind of comedy. So yeah. I, it was such a thrill to watch it, not expecting much, and mm-hmm. then think it was so much more than an average Netflix yeah. movie.
1: I know. I remember thinking, like, okay, I guess we'll see what this is. And then we watched it, and I absolutely loved it because I think there's something. I think probably at that point in quarantine, too, there was something so refreshing about just, like, a really wholesome, cute, goofy movie Mm -hmm. that hit the spot, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. I wonder if even if it had come out in, like, October of that year or something, if people would have been, like, by that point, so starved for anything good and fun and Mm -hmm. positive that maybe it would have been received better. Because I remember it also getting terrible reviews and not watching it because of that. And then... I watched it in maybe I want to say like July of that year. So two or so months after it came out. And I think what spurred me on was probably like looking at the two of you giving (laughs) it glowing reviews on Letterboxd. Where I was like, well, all the critics that I I listen to on podcasts or read their reviews don't like it. So I was like, I guess I can skip it. But then Jordan and Emily really like it. Emily might be Five the person star. who likes that movie yeah. most. Out I, of think I think so.
1: I think I'm the biggest fan of this movie ever. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and so I was persuaded <laughs> by that. And I I, I don't really get how, I don't know. I don't understand how it could not be uh well-received. I feel like there's nothing offensive about it. There's no like big mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. Like I, you know, Talladega Nights, we talked about it. I'm a Will Ferrell guy. I, I think he's funny. I think he's great. And I think quietly in the last like, Five years, he's been really having a career renaissance and doing some very good work across mm-hmm. the board. But it doesn't have any of that like Will Ferrellness mm-hmm. characterization to it in my mind. It's not like a a big crazy performance. He has some louder moments, but I think it's like for the most part a Rachel McAdams movie more mm-hmm. than it's yeah than a Will Ferrell comedy.
1: And I think that's why I love it so much because I love Rachel McAdams and mm-hmm. I think she's so funny. But she doesn't always get to show how funny she is. Um, Like it's, it's rare since, you know, obviously Regina George that she she gets to really show off really strong comedic chops. And I think in this movie, she gets to be very funny, but also the the whole heart of the movie. And yeah, she pulls it off like she convinces me that. Yes, Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell make a perfect couple, <laughs> which is a very <laughs> odd thing to say, an odd thing to think could be possible, but they pull it off, and I think it's mostly due to Rachel McAdams. Honestly,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant performance. Like she's yeah. so good mm-hmm. in this game night a few years earlier. she's, true, uh, true. you know, I think yeah. even maybe funnier, but she doesn't have the emotional kind of core that she has right. to carry for this. Mm-hmm. So I think this imp- performance is more impressive for that reason. Um, and then, like this year, she's in "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," and I think she's yeah, yeah she's just wonderful great. in that movie too. So she's yeah. awesome, and I, I totally agree Emily. She like carries the the toughest task in this movie is what she has to do, and she pulls it off flawlessly. Yeah, she
0: deserved yeah. an Oscar nom.
1: She did. Agree. And he's should have won a vest Original Oh my yeah. gosh! I don't like, what, what even won that year.
2: Something I think from. It was, uh... Was it from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah? Yes. Was it the, the her song that plays in the end credits of oh, that yes. movie? Yes. All, right, all
1: right, sure. But right. whatever. Did they ever That's hear it? Uh,
0: it's always a that. better win when it's in the movie
2: and not in yeah. the credits, though. I it's think. such a pet peeve of mine that that category has turned into like just get a famous artist to write a song, a pop song that we play over the end credits. I hate
1: that. I know. Because I know that. I, I don't know if, if you've been following the Oscar song category this year so far, but. I feel like that's what *Hunger Games* is trying to mm-hmm. do with with mm-hmm. Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo. Is doing the end credits. I'm like, I mean, if she gets an Oscar, then I'm fine. But I think mm. it's it's so annoying when it's not actually in the in the
0: yeah movie. Yeah, it doesn't usually work too for a nomination. Like Taylor Swift has tried that. I think. <laughs> Yeah, they, just like different... <laughs> they just don't like <laughs> yeah <but the> Academy. <laughs> yeah i mean i think in some of those um maybe smaller categories being such a huge name works against you mm. because they actually are are more wanting to i think recognize yeah uh yeah their peers yeah, but gave, but, i don't know like
2: diane warren a nomination every year for a movie that like twelve people have watched. Oh it yeah, nobody <laughs> has ever heard of. It. But she's never won. And she
1: never wins. It's kind of sad. I feel
2: it's bad. Never for it. <laughs> it's never gonna happen.
1: It's never gonna happen. Not if I have anything <laughs> to say about it.
2: Put <laughs> the stop on that. Yeah, I think. I mean, if we're talking Oscars, like you know, I keep my little Oscar spreadsheet of what I would have given nominations to for for things, mm-hmm. and I think I have this movie at, like eight or nine
1: probably. I have it yeah. for a
2: lot of. Like, I think Dan Stevens should have gotten a best supporting actor nomination. He's yeah. so funny in this he movie. He was
1: really yeah. good. Yeah.
2: I would have given it at least two original song nominations. um I would have What's given it a other song besides. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, ding dong. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, ding dong. And I mean, How I think we... you could argue for a third spot for either Volcano Man or Lion of Love. I think both of those oh, are yeah. like on the cusp. But Double then, you Trouble know, good. is good too. Double Trouble is really good too.
1: It's a good, it's great songs.
2: Great songs in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I so think nice. this this movie is such a sleeper hit. I feel like for people that anyone with a heart <laughs> that watches this movie will love. Anyone with
2: it. a beating yeah. heart. <laughs> if the Oscars had a uh a nominee or like a category for best cameo performance, to mm-hmm. Demi Lovato throw her in there. Yeah. I don't know. If this is her like return to screen acting after a long absence um, but it's so funny maybe. that
0: was she, she funny with the chance
1: yeah yeah. Oh, yeah um yeah disney so you would have seen that mm-hmm. yeah so i did see <laughs> the chance uh the the ghost uh that such a that, funny bit
2: yeah her role is just to continually warn him. And then when she finally gets through, it like happened 15 minutes ago. And he's like, yes, like, I know. Where have you
1: been?
2: <laughs>
0: it's notable that this movie is over two hours long. Because I think it has so many bits like that. Where, and I, I'm, I always will prefer theatrical release. But I do think they would have had to shorten it. Mm-hmm. and you would have lost i think a lot of those little threads that give this movie <laughs> i think a little extra something mm-hmm. yeah, that being the said, elves yeah yeah the elves up. bit yeah. is perfect um i have to say i don't care for the anything with the americans i don't like the
2: yeah i get as, that yeah. i impartial to it because they're all asu students and that's where i graduated from so i i feel a sense of of school pride Uh, i i see myself on screen for probably (laughs) you know (laughs) so that's really meaningful to me to see (laughs) that representation (laughs) but yeah no i agree that's that's definitely the weakest comedic thread in the movie but i think this movie earns its runtime in a way that a lot of two plus hour comedies don't in my opinion Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you did an Apatow series and my problem with Apatow movies tends to be that they're like two and a half hours and Mm -hmm. 30 minutes of that is just like improving silly lines that don't really add anything to the plot or the structure of the movie Mm -hmm. and it's all a lot of fat where this I feel like they're using that time for either emotional heart or songs which I Mm -hmm. I, again love all the songs or they're doing silly running bits like that it's not just like let's have Let's plant a camera and have Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams improv dialogue for four minutes and keep it all in. Like, let's build on silly things we've done earlier.
1: And I think the music helps with the pace too, because I I feel like that's where a lot of the negative criticism, um, and reviews that I read, it was like, oh, it should have been ninety minutes, should have been eighty five minutes, and I don't think you could have get get the heart, and all the music in that short of uh, amount of time. I think you need that runtime to yeah. really get the full see so many uh songs in the actual competition because that's I mean mm-hmm. I've never we've never gotten to see Eurovision we didn't I don't know why we didn't watch it when we were there but um like you want to see the the different countries and what the different musical style like you want a little taste of of all of that mm-hmm. and the rehearsals and the different stages of the competition I to go through. Like it wouldn't, if you'd have to cut so much of that down, which I feel like it's already pretty truncated because from what I know about Eurovision, it's a lengthy event.
2: Yeah. Do they really, so the thing that, and maybe this is, you know, I'm American, never been to Europe, never watched Eurovision. Do they really like, the thing that most confuses me about it is there's however many rounds of this and they just sing the same song every time? I think Why do they we so. need that many? They
1: submit, we only can submit one song. So it's like Why one country, one song.
2: That many chances for the judges to like hear the same song to decide which one they like better is my main question about Eurovision mm. structurally. Mm-hmm. They get better.
0: The first time is the first time they sang it. <laughs> they wrote it right before. <laughs> yeah, and then they get to practice it.
1: You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Oscars where it's like we're submitting our, our submission as the country yeah. is going to be this yeah. movie, you know, so it's like our submission is this artist and their song to represent us. Yeah, kind of, you know, I guess if if, if the Olympics only did one one sport,
0: <laughs> you should be able to have they should do one year where it's like your country has a set list and you're just yeah. on the best group overall.
1: But then I guess it gets hard to it gets hard to do like a one to one comparison throughout the competition if everybody keeps changing the songs because it's like, oh well, this is a really you know I liked mm. personally liked this song better than mm. their last song, yeah. but if they keep because if they keep changing it, it'd be hard to do
0: that's like a, a continued
1: comparison.
0: Yeah, that's true. Have you so you've never watched any of the competition?
2: No, none of the i i I think after watching this movie i probably watched some clips of things Mm -hmm. um and from what i read like people who do care about eurovision i think that was a contingent that actually did really like this movie and were positive about it when it came out as they were like this is a really like a love letter to this competition and they get the the pageantry right they get the style of music and um the way that the different countries interact and and bring unique artists to the stage right so mm-hmm. that was really cool i thought again i can't really speak to that because i don't have any experience with it but from from my tertiary research that's what i saw
1: yeah that's what i saw too i think that's i think that's in the spirit of the movie too because what even if you don't know anything about the eurovision contest it's you get clues of like okay so you can't vote for your own country it's Mm -hmm. kind of a unifying thing looking at the diversity between all the different countries you know giving points to your neighboring countries and allies and you know all of that I think that's such a a nice lovely message for Mm -hmm. something like that to have and Mm -hmm. then I think this movie's the spirit of this movie is similar you know, it's it's like just these two people that love each other and love to sing, and they're mm-hmm. just wanting to share their mm-hmm. music with the world, and and that's such a like sweet wholesome message to have for a movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very pure. Yeah, yeah, that really comes through in Hjúsvík when she starts to sing in Icelandic, and it mm-hmm. cuts to the boardroom of of the people in in Iceland and the bar where. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is in and everybody's mm. you know like moved to tears that she's bringing their language to the world stage in that way. And then in the voting scenes when you see like UK voted three points for whatever or whatever country five mm-hmm. points for this country and seven points for this and like the celebration that everybody has and I, I really liked that point. yeah. Yeah. what is and it for I, you, Emily? I, I, oh sorry, Jordan go ahead. Oh no, you please. I was just curious, like as the number one fan of your vision, like when you're watching this movie for the first time and now many subsequent times, what is it what what is the thing about it for you that just makes it like one of your your favorite go-to movies? Like what what's the the one piece of it that really sets it apart for you?
1: I think well, the I think the I think the initial surprise that this was actually such a sweet, lovely movie is a big part of it because so i was thinking like okay it's a will ferrell movie he's got this ridiculous wig uh, we'll see it'll probably not be the greatest because it's a netflix comedy and those don't have a great track record um but then to watch it and be like no this is this is i think the the fact that it's it feels like it kind of feels like going to a musical um and having a great time at a theater where it's just like, just fun music. Everybody in the audience is having a great time. There's feels like this sense of community that you're all enjoying this and that the actors are having a great time on stage. And there's something about the act of going to musical and musical theater that is just very like I love and is very, uh, like always a good time, very warm feelings. Setting this movie captures a lot of that just in how sweet it is. Um, and the music is also really good. Uh, I thought, I think every song is is great. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. It's so good. Um, and, and then Rachel McAdams, I think also yeah. just- MVP. I love her. And so the fact that this was a really funny movie where she gets to sing and is great and it's a romance that's pretty much everything (laughs) on my list for a great movie so
0: (laughs) i think it even it grew on youtube but it grew so quickly Mm
1: -hmm. like i
0: feel like within hours it went from oh that was actually good to that was amazing yeah That's and, the best
2: feeling when that happens. Yeah. When you watch something, you walk away and you're like, "Oh, I really like that." And then even you know, next day, a couple hours later, you're like, "Actually, I think I really, really yeah, like yeah. that movie a lot." Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was telling you yesterday when we were watching it that I couldn't wait for the the music part in the party where they all where it has they have all of the cameos of other of actual Eurovision winners singing together. And I was telling you that. After we first watched it, I would like just pull it up on my phone and just watch that <laughs> little part because it's so fun. It's such a good. It's such a good sequence.
0: Do you have? We talked a little bit about this, but what is your favorite, or if you ever, you know, just take a listen to these, your most listened to song from the
2: soundtrack? Cusevic, for sure. Like I yeah, listened to that Husevich. song. That's a song, I'm not really like a person who pulls clips up on YouTube from movies. I don't really do that. But once every few months, at least, I think about that song and I pull it up on YouTube just to watch that scene because it just gives me goosebumps and it makes me mm. <laughs> emotional <laughs> to, to hear her singing about it. I think mm. I've been doing that a, a lot recently, too, because I am living in my hometown right now. So mm. like I've been thinking about that and just uh, I listen to that one a lot. Um, other than that, like I, I really think Volcano Man is so catchy. It gets stuck in my head yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Yeah, Yeah, Ding Dong is the only song I want to hear. It will never
1: be enough. <laughs> I just think that song is so good. The amount <laughs> of anyone knows in every single line is really actually very impressive from mm-hmm. a... a comedy Mm. writing standpoint yeah the amount that they pack into that song is really impressive
2: quite a funny song and it's musically like so simple but very you know it's like such an earworm but the Mm -hmm. bit is just made infinitely more funny that everybody in their hometown doesn't like their music and doesn't think (laughs) highly of them as musicians but they're like you have made a hit with
1: (laughs) this song and (laughs) we
2: want to hear it all the time the one yaya ding dong the guy
0: um who's, who's specifically so, always feeling about it <laughs> yeah. that to me was funnier than any other time i've watched it the that's he's such a great actor the commitment yeah. and just the absolute <laughs> unabashed anger it's <laughs> so such a crazy choice
2: and it yeah. really works <laughs> that guy's great he looks like jesse Plemons, and he's bringing the energy <laughs> I guess he, he does would have been good yeah worked with rachel McAdams on game night so they had the end
0: that's so true Wow.
1: well we've talked a lot about it but i guess folks don't even necessarily know what it's about you <laughs> what?
0: okay um
1: do want you tell them the story of spire saga i won't <laughs> say the whole thing
0: because i feel we've already been discussing the plot in bits and pieces but I'm horrible with character names, so Will Ferrell and Rachel. Lars McKet.
1: and Sigrid. Th-
0: I, really, I think you should do the, you got the it. summary for this one. You got it. I've been talking <laughs> okay. a lot, so you got it. Lars look. and Sigrid are Icelandic best friends and possible lovers.
1: And possible siblings.
0: Possible Probably <laughs> well, not siblings. Probably not.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're a musical duo in their small town of Husavik, Iceland. Lars has always dreamed of winning Eurovision and due to a series of grisly accidents and (laughs) uh, disastrous onstage performances that eventually get pity because they're also quite good. um, They end up getting close to winning, but at what cost? Will Ferrell runs away. Rachel McAdams is going to sing by herself, but he rejoins and they sing her song even though it disqualifies them and then they're finally able to get together it's a very happy ending and they go back to playing yaya ding dong in their uh lovely little town of kusivik was good hey thanks
1: you covered it all <laughs>
0: i missed what is, uh, some
2: pierce Brosnan's character's name
0: do you know that one no clue i don't either <laughs> i have no idea I missed some threads. You've got a lot of subplots, as we mentioned. There's the um, there's the government official who really doesn't <laughs> want um, <laughs> the Icelandic team to advance at all uh, and goes to murderous lengths to uh, prevent them from winning. Um, you've got the ghost of Demi Lovato. Um, <laughs> am I missing... Am I missing any? Well, then,
1: then Dan Stevens. Yeah,
0: that's. I mean, a whole
2: subplot.
1: Who is definitely gay, but is Russian, and so he can't really be openly gay, but wants. uh, Essentially, is kind of using Rachel McAdams, or wants to use her kind of as a beard.
2: Yeah, I think he. I think the reason that subplot works for me is because he also sees a genuine talent Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. her. And really seems to believe in her. Yeah. And the thing that I like best about it is when she ultimately decides to go a separate direction from him, he's not embittered by it or wanting to like ruin her because of that. He really is respectful about it and happy for her and feels, you know, kind of laments that it didn't work out in the way that he wanted it to, but is happy to have had that connection with her, which I think is like you talked about, Emily. It's so sweet. That's the direction the movie chooses to take it.
1: Yeah, I found his character so much sweeter this time mm-hmm. watching it than I remember because I actually forgot that he was closeted. So that I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's like and then his friendship with Mitra, the uh, <laughs> the singer from Greece, is very sweet, too. And mm-hmm. she's saying, oh, you know, you deserve to be happy to have yeah. like Secret and Lars, you know, it's, it's very sweet. That everybody just kind of wants everyone in this mm-hmm. movie to to be happy and be an artist. It's nice. Mm-hmm.
2: They set him up like he'll be an antagonist. And then as the movie reveals itself, that is not the case at all. Yeah. Right.
0: He's only an antagonist to Will Ferrell's character. But the movie isn't. Unlike what it probably would have been 10, 20 years earlier. It's mm-hmm. not fully from Will Ferrell's perspective. So you get to see that character in a totally different way because it's mm-hmm. not just here's this big comedic character caricature who's threatening my masculinity, you know, and serving as, I think it could have been such a broad archetype. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, um, I don't know. It's just remarkable that so many of the little characters, like even the Greek singer, she's, She feels somewhat real, which is crazy for a Will Ferrell Netflix
1: comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know why this was a
1: Netflix
2: comedy? Like, what? Why wasn't this a theatrical Gary Sanchez production?
0: It just, I think they were. They just pitched it around, and it seems like it just landed at Netflix in
2: terms of. I can see why Netflix would want it because of like the block broad global appeal that it would have being a eurovision mm-hmm. story. Um, but it just seems un- like well Ferrell's not really a uh straight to streaming no star Actually, of a
1: I cent. wonder because because Netflix and those streaming services make most of their money on international subscribers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the plan because it's eurovision oh. and it appeals to more international audiences. Yeah. I wonder if that was part of like them being able to sell it and get it put produced is because Mm -hmm. it might appeal to a larger there are international base subscribers yeah
0: Yeah, probably um it's interesting that they would sort of let will ferrell take the helm because he's not really an international um draw like he's mostly Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. both him and sandler i think have always been much more successful in the U S than elsewhere. So I feel like it's, I don't know. It's nice to see that this w- still broke through, I think. And it's pretty, um, among those of us who are in, I feel like it's pretty well liked around the
2: globe. <laughs> for Netflix comedy too, for any straight to streaming comedy, I, f- I feel like my expectation for those is bland. Like I'm expecting something bland. Mm-hmm. more often than not and whether you know obviously all three of us like this movie whether you like it or dislike it I don't think you could watch this and walk away feeling like they played it very safe they didn't take any big silly swings it's it's so opposite of a, a straight mm-hmm. to streaming movie mm-hmm. in that sense for me so it's just yeah it's such a, a strange little like encapsulation of all of these different creative voices coming together and yeah. Then ultimately being released in in COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what makes it work too is <clears throat> is how good the music is because I could see like say if it was an American singing competition or you know that was this the stage for it, it would be like okay the music is pleasant but probably forgettable, and the the comedy is like Will Ferrell but okay. But I think because it's so specifically Eurovision and you get, you know, their kind of specific Icelandic music and then you get different other countries and how specific the those genres are, it brings a an another level of specificity that makes it kind of pop and makes it stand out from all the other Netflix movies because it just kind of has more diversity in yeah. the way that it's being presented.
0: Yeah. It also just feels more like... Um, and I don't think David Dobkin is an amazing director by any means, um, but he did a solid job with this one. And I think it helps that even though he's kind of a journeyman, just sort of assignment-to-assignment assignment director, it helps that you have someone who's primarily worked in theatrical comedy yeah. for a long time because I th- think even... Even your solid studio director is going to make it feel a little bit more like a real film than just Netflix content that could look the mm-hmm. same whether it's a movie or a show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think isn't it, You know, it's not like a movie that I walk away from being like this is a stunning directorial feat, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think it like it has some good Auteur visual flair. Vision. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the budget is, but I think either way I would be impressed. If it's a small budget, I would be impressed with the execution and the kind of grand scale that he's able to execute with that. And if it was a larger budget, then I would feel like you can see that on screen in ways that Mm -hmm. are positive and impactful and and funny. So I I think he did a a totally solid job with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder what the budget was. I'm guessing Mm -hmm. since it's streaming and a little, those get a little bloated, probably like $75 This says 35, which is really right. than I would have wow. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. That that's pretty thrifty. That's wow. pretty,
1: that is thrifty. Will
0: took a pay cut.
1: Yeah, well, and it's weird. To, well, it's kind of weird too because we can't talk about the box office, so we, we actually have
0: yeah
1: no way of knowing how it did because they refused to tell anybody how anything does. Wow.
0: It was watched a lot on Netflix, and yeah. I think continues to be something that maybe isn't breaking into the top 10 all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: <laughs> I feel like it's consistently popping up in people's algorithms I in will, a way that yeah. shows it's the Netflix version of a hit.
1: I will say that what makes me sad about it not being theatrical means that I can, I'll never be able to buy a Blu-ray copy ah. of Eurovision.
0: Maybe there Unless are. For to the criteria. Points. That's true. Okay. Because Netflix does again. do that on occasion. <laughs>
1: We gotta get, yeah. We gotta start a campaign.
0: (laughs) Maybe Arrow Video. Shout Factory could do it.
2: I would love that. That'd be a fun release.
0: Netflix should just give more Blu-ray releases because I feel like it doesn't hurt them in any way. They just make more money.
1: I feel like they really only do it for their TV shows that are super popular. Yeah,
0: it's only Stranger Things. House of Cards got it, but I think they were under a separate deal for that. Maybe Orange is the New Black.
1: Orange is Black, definitely.
0: But the movies, yeah, it's pretty much only if they have a uh, criterion. Because Irishman, mm. Marriage Story, Roma. Mm-hmm.
2: The wrong. Yeah, movie. even some other. <laughs> even some people. other big ones that are like from tours at Netflix don't have. DVD really or Blu-ray releases,
1: but like, why aren't they? Why aren't they trying to sell a murder mystery Blu-ray? You know what I mean, like, yeah, that's a that's a Adam Sandler, yeah, two-pack movie. People would buy that if they saw it at a at Walmart.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Glass Onion. Yeah, I don't know that there's a Glass
2: Onion Blu-ray. That's crazy.
1: I wonder if there is.
2: And those are you know the kinds of movies that. Somebody buying it on Blu-ray is not going to stop them from subscribing to Netflix, That's right? Right.
1: Yeah. They so, like
2: already people like us. Do, If they, they do, buy it, it's they because suck. they already watched it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then for people like us who like love Eurovision or murder mystery or what have you, mm-hmm. there's always the threat that like maybe one day Netflix is just like, yeah, we're taking that off the streaming yeah. service, I and then what we're just like, well, we can't scared. watch that anymore, and I want right. to watch that movie. <laughs>
0: And with re- physical releases, they could still pull that shit and then mm-hmm. be like, well, it's not like we've removed
2: access to it because yeah. you yeah. can buy a Blu-ray.
1: Exactly. It's a no-brainer
2: for me. But I can't say too much because I'm interviewing around to be the head of these studios to try to bring <laughs> back physical media releases.
0: So, Wow. Which studios are you interviewing with?
2: Oh, all of them. Just generally. <laughs> You know how you can do the common app? It's kind of like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How I will. So obviously this means like the top like universal Disney. But how low do you go?
1: Yeah. What are your safety?
0: Do you go to
2: Lionsgate?
1: Yeah. What are your your safety?
2: I'll I'll go lower. Like. Orion. IFC. (laughs)
1: Dreamworks. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs)
0: Trying to think of the most. Oh, well would you do Angel Studios? Uh
2: they I did um,
0: they did a release this really Man. important um child trafficking movie <laughs> this
2: year. Does it have a physical release? I'd love to get it one.
0: I believe it's going to get one, yeah
1: That'll sell like gangbusters.
0: Yeah. Oh okay. It'll the be Christmas. in so many stockings this Absolutely. year. Absolutely.
2: Both of yours. <laughs> <laughs> If only... My letter to Mr. Claus got through.
1: If yeah, well, I asked for it from Santa too, so <laughs> should be getting two copies.
0: <laughs> Did you see that movie, Dakota? No, I didn't feel like yeah. I needed to contribute to that movie. So yeah, <laughs> but you could have and gotten I...
2: a free ticket. I could have. You're right. I could have paid it forward. <laughs> I'm pretty unsparing. Like, I will go see anything, and sometimes if I have like AMC A list. And it's a week where it's like a Thursday and it's resetting the next day and I've only seen one, but I'm in downtown Spokane and you can get your parking validated if you see a movie. I'll be like, mm-hmm. I will buy a ticket just to get parking validated and pick a movie I want to make money at the box office. So like I will mm-hmm. do my part, but I didn't that one, that one. I didn't do I didn't do that one. <laughs> That's fair.
0: Um this movie didn't get a physical release, but it did get a soundtrack um a cd release which is pretty big for netflix actually and i think a sign of success
1: i'd say so because it's a killer soundtrack
2: yeah i, I see got this that movie twice
1: being... from two different people <laughs> as a gift. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> do they have it on vinyl or is it just cd Ooh, i don't
1: think, I don't they, think do. they do i
2: would yeah. love to listen to yaya ding dong on vinyl <laughs> the car is my, this,
1: my cd is in my car so on my drives. <laughs> well, um any last words on your audition?
2: Any final <laughs> words, Punk? <laughs> my final word is I I feel like I see this movie being something that in 5 years is a movie that everybody's kind of recontextualizing. I feel like reclaiming is being thrown around so much these days Mm -hmm. with streaming because it's so easy for something to be reclaimed even if it never was even if it was never not claimed in the first place but this (laughs) seems one that's kind of like it was you know just such a strange time when it came out a lot of critics didn't like it it's just you know it's hard to put a thumb on what this movie's cultural footprint is with Mm -hmm. the streaming the pandemic all of these things the reception and I could see this being a movie that in five years people are like you know that was actually one of the funniest movies of the 2020s so far um and that makes me really happy i think the performances are all fantastic i am always happy to see rachel mcadams getting a starring role i think dan stevens is so talented the Mm -hmm. music hits will ferrell is on a run of like this i don't think you guys have seen quiz lady or quiz show yet. yet this year but he has a role in it that he's just like so lovely in that movie too another movie that takes a lot of like makes a lot of sweet choices mm. um so i'm happy to see this kind of like career renaissance for him where he's sort of transforming his persona in some ways and and pulling back on the way that he had control of movies in the mm-hmm. early mid-2000s so yeah yeah big fan of this movie and i'm I, i'm hopeful that people start to come around to it in the way that we already have i hope so
1: Yeah. look listeners I make a, a plea to you. If you have a heart, <laughs> and you have eyes, and you have a smile, then you should watch the That's all it takes. Yeah.
0: When this movie does go into the Criterion Collection, they mm-hmm. should put that
2: uh, quote <laughs> on the cover. That'd be great. That could just be like the essay book. If they do do a Criterion <laughs> release, they have to ask you to write. The,
1: yeah. You the, have to like, write
2: at it, least one essay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll, write, I'll write as many essays about your mission as I need to for it to have a Criterion <laughs> release.
0: <laughs> Imagine the special features.
1: Imagine the fun, artsy cover. I can just picture them like a little drawing of their Volcano Man video. The cover. Be so. It would be great.
0: That would be great um dakota is there anything you want to either promote promote that's either anything of yours do you want people to follow you on letterbox do you want people to no i don't no? want that
2: <laughs> i only want my close friends to follow
0: me on letterbox. you don't want it out there okay that's yeah
2: that's i mean it's under my name so what they can find it if they try. your but... sub stack Sure. I mean, if people want to read it, I i don't think I'm doing anything crazy. But if they wanted to read about me traveling around and drinking little drinks and trying out movie theaters, they're welcome to.
1: I also I love reading. Yeah, it's so. very, it's well, to nice. It. That's very nice.
2: I'm not doing so good at frequently writing, so I need to get better at that part. But it's been it's been fun to make myself do it and go see movies. I want to write about the holdovers next. If you guys have seen the Ooh, holdovers, I, I
1: haven't seen it.
2: I, I think it was just yeah, it's cool. wonderful in my opinion. I don't know what you yeah. think of it, Jordan. Oh, I, I think actually I think it, you give it a good yeah. you give it like three and a half, I think. I give it four, I think. Um oh, okay. four I could see
0: it going up or down on a rewatch. Um, but even
2: that's a pretty good range of three yeah. and a half to four and a half. I've turned this into a plug for the holdovers, but I stand by it because I think that movie's brilliant. So go see it.
0: <laughs> wonderful. Um people can find us. Wherever you can type in the words Comedia Del Cinema,
1: <laughs> if <that's>... ah, wherever <laughs> specifically well, Instagram, well, Spotify, if it's somewhere iTunes. that
0: there will be results for for the podcast Comedia Del Cinema, somebody yeah, opening or... a word document and typing in, <laughs> why is
1: this coming up? We're in episodes. <laughs> I can't
0: say it won't work. I don't know. I don't know. How the I mean, you works.
1: can certainly type it in. There's nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> I don't know. The power of uh, magical thinking Um.
1: Well join us next week we will be doing uh, an absolute classic That's right uh, One of my other favorite movies of all time Singing in the Rain
0: That's right oh, And then awesome. stick around the week after that for
1: Dakota a familiar, two.
0: A familiar guest
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm back And <laughs> I'm going to we'll talk see. so much about Hairspray
0: <laughs> That's right We'll see you then. Bye.